The Queen's Cat by Margaret Frances Peggy Bacon From The Lords of the Housetops, Thirteen Cat Tales This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dale Grothman The Queen's Cat by Peggy Bacon Once there was a great and powerful king, who was as good as gold and as brave as a lion, but he had one weakness, which was a horror of cats. If he saw one through an open window, he shuddered so that his medals jangled together and his crown fell off. If any one mentioned a cat at the table, he instantly spilled his soup all down the front of his ermine. And if by any chance a cat happened to stroll into the audience chamber, he immediately jumped onto his throne, gathering his robes around him and shrieking at the top of his lungs. Now this king was a bachelor, and his people didn't like it. So being desirous of pleasing them, he looked around the neighboring royal families and hit upon a very sweet and beautiful princess whom he asked in marriage without any delay, for he was a man of action. Her parents gave their hearty consent, and the pair were married at her father's palace, and after the festivities were over, the king sped home to see to the preparation of his wife's apartments. In due time she arrived, bringing with her a cat. When he saw her mounting the steps with the animal under her arm, the king, who was at the door to meet her, uttering a horrid yell, fell in a swoon, and had to be revived with spirits of ammonia. The courtiers hastened to inform the queen of her husband's failing, and when he came to, he found her in tears. "'I cannot exist without a cat,' she wept. "'And I, my love,' replied the king, "'cannot exist with one.' "'You must learn to bear it,' she said. "'You must learn to live without it,' he said. "'But life would not be worth living without a cat,' she wailed. "'Well, well, my love, we will see what we can do,' sighed the king. "'Suppose,' he went on, "'you kept it in the round tower over there. "'Then you could go and see it.' "'Shut up, my cat, that has been used to running around in the open air,' cried the queen. "'Never!' "'Suppose,' suggested the king again, "'we made an enclosure for it of wire netting.' "'My dear,' cried the queen, "'a strong cat like mine would climb out in a minute.' "'Well,' said the king once more, "'suppose we gave it the palace roof, "'and I will keep out of the way.' "'That is a good scheme,' said his wife, drying her eyes. "'And they immediately fitted up the roof "'with a cushioned shelter and a bed of catnip "'and a bench where the queen might sit. "'There the cat was left.' and the queen went up three times a day to feed it, and twice as many times to visit it, and for almost two days that seemed the solution of the problem. Then the cat discovered that by making a spring to the limb of an overhanging oak tree, it could climb down the trunk and go where it liked. This it did, making its appearance in the throne room, where the king was giving an audience to an important ambassador. Much to the amazement of the latter, the monarch leapt up screaming, and was moreover so upset that the affairs of state had all to be postponed till the following day. The tree was, of course, cut down, and the next day the cat found crawling down the gutter was just as easy, and jumped in the window while the court was at breakfast, 
the king scrambled onto the breakfast table skillfully overturning the cream and the coffee with one foot while planting the other in the poached eggs and wreaking untold havoc upon the teacups again the affairs of state were postponed while the gutters were ripped off the roof to the fury of the head gardener who had just planted his spring seeds in the beds around the palace walls of course the next rain washed them all away this sort of thing continued the wisteria vine which had covered the front of the palace for centuries was ruthlessly torn down the trellises along the wings soon followed and finally an ancient grape arbor had perforce to be removed as it proved a sure means of descent for the invincible cat even then he cleverly utilized the balconies as a ladder to the ground but by this time the poor king's nerves were quite shattered and a doctor was called in all he could prescribe was total abstinence from the cat and the queen tearfully finding a home for her pet composed herself to live without one the king well cared for soon revived and was himself again placidly conducting the affairs of state and happy in the society of his beloved wife not so much the latter before long it was noticed that the queen grew wan was often heard to sniff and seen to wipe her eyes would not eat could not sleep in short the doctor was again called in dear dear he said disconsolately combing his long beard with his thin fingers this is a difficult situation indeed there must not be a cat on the premises or the king will assuredly have a nervous prostration yet the queen must have a cat or she will pine away with nostalgia i think i had best return to my family sobbed the poor queen dejectedly i'll bring you nothing but trouble my own that is impossible my dearest love said the king decidedly here my people have so long desired me to marry and now that i am at last settled in a matrimonial way we must not disappoint them they enjoy a queen so much it gives them something pretty to think about besides my love i am attached to you myself and could not possibly manage without you no my dear there may be a way out of our difficulties but that certainly is not it having delivered which speech the king lapsed again into gloom and the doctor who was an old friend of the king's went away sadly he returned however the following day with a smile tangled somewhere in his long beard he found the king sitting mournfully by the queen's bedside would your majesty began the doctor turning to the queen object to a cat that did not look like a cat oh no she said earnestly just so it's a cat would your majesty said the doctor again turning to the king object to a cat that did not look like a cat oh no he cried just so it doesn't look like a cat well said the doctor beaming i have a cat that is a cat and doesn't look any more like a cat than a skillet i should be only too honored to present it to the queen if she would be gracious as to accept it both the king and queen were overjoyed and thanked the doctor with tears in their eyes so the cat for it was a cat though you never would have known it arrived and was duly presented to the queen who welcomed it with open arms and felt better immediately it was a long wiry long-legged creature with no tail at all and large ears like sails a face like a lean isosceles triangle 
with a nose at the very sharp apex, eyes small and yellow like flat buttons, brown fur short and coarse, and large floppy feet. It had a voice like a screaming siren, and its name was Rosamond. The king and queen were both devoted to it, she because it was a cat, he because it seemed anything but a cat. No one indeed could convince the king that it was not a beautiful animal, and he had made for it a handsome collar of gold and amber, to match, he said sentimentally, its lovely eyes. In sooth, so ugly a beast never had such a pampered and luxurious existence, certainly never so royal a one. Appreciating its good fortune, it never showed any inclination to depart, and the king, the queen, and Rosamund lived happily ever after. The End of The Queen's Cat by Peggy Bacon